Welcome to our premiere episode, episode one. On this episode, fresh off the Memorial Day holiday, Johnny gives his take and inspiration for his favorite war movies. We discuss Rocket Man that was released today, and we look ahead at movies that are coming out this summer. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage. Take a seat and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome to the premiere episode of We're Talking Movies. I am Johnny Popcorn, along with my colleague and fellow film enthusiast, Eddie Klieg. You want to say hi to the folks, Eddie? Hey, folks. Over the coming episodes, we hope to discuss and present our opinions regarding a wide range of genres, individual movies, actors, directors, and other related elements of the film industry. Understand, we're not here to provide a stagnant, scripted presentation of facts. Rather, we want to do a freewheeling, often memory-stoked commentary about a subject of our choosing for each podcast. And we, of course, will be responsible for that content or any comments or any errors of memory that may occur. Our efforts are fueled by a lifelong love of movies and the selection of topics for any particular show may be the result of our mood at that time or the events that are occurring within the industry. I hope this podcast will become a vehicle that provokes your individual film memories, and we also invite you to share our, your comments and thoughts about any episode, as well as offering suggestions for future podcasts as we move forward from this inaugural effort. As I noted, we oftentimes will be relying on our memories, along with some assistance from recent books, and the occasional fact-finding search as the need arises. For fact-checking, we will rely upon the Wayback Machine. For those of you too young to know the reference to Sherman and Mr. Peabody, for our purposes, we'll be referring to Google. And Eddie will be handling the Google machine. Now, we'll explore any aspect we wish. The subject we pursue is, of course, wide and deep, and the movie realm provides us with much to discuss. But we look forward to traveling with you as we reminisce and explore what we choose to explore. It's wide-ranging because... Your initial exposure to these images is only a couple of hours in the dark, but the hold of a well-crafted film can last a lifetime. And that's what we're talking about. Those dancing images, literally imprinted on our minds, these are the reasons for our conversation today, and they'll form the basis for our discussion as we continue on our journey through the past and the present. And we welcome you to join us on that journey. Now, I'd be amiss since this happens to be, we're doing this the Memorial Day week. And so I revisited a couple of films of interest and maybe set your, your uh, interest moving towards reviewing some historical or, or what most people refer to as war movies. I revisited two this week. One, of course, is the more recent film of Dunkirk, done by Christopher Nolan who I particularly like, particularly, and, and Eddie will confirm, we're both fans of the uh, Dark Knight series, are we not? Oh, yeah, we are. And uh, I, I re-watched Dunkirk. I'd seen it before because he likes to play things with uh, the time sequence, and I wanted to revisit how he had done it. And I still was astounded, knowing much about the history of Dunkirk, but how he put those three comprised episodes, one covering a week, one covering a day, and one covering an hour, particularly with the pilot played by uh, Tom Hardy. Another one that I watched this week was Memphis Bell. And I did Memphis Bell because my father served in the U.S. Air Corps during World War II. 
and he was on a B-17. And if, for those of you who may not have seen that film, Memphis Bell, true story about the first crew uh, of, of a B-17 in Europe in May of 1943, the first plane to finish their full 25 missions, which is what was established. And because of the statistics, only about 20% uh, were going to get to that that mark. So it's, it was pretty courageous. I asked my father one time how it was when he uh, when he first saw the film. He said, actually, they did a pretty good job of recreating it. So if you want to go down the path of war movies, if you're not familiar with them, I'm just going to toss out some that you can look. I'm not going to give you a synopsis of all of them, but I'm going to toss some out. Some will be familiar. Some may be brand new. But you could start if you're talking, since I talked about Dunkirk, The Longest Day, which deals with the invasion of at Normandy, Dirty Dozen, Devil's Brigade, Battle of the Bulge, Patton, In Harm's Way, which is an old John Wayne film made in the 60s. And of course, if you wanted to look at any war movies, all you got to do is go to anything with John Wayne and you'll find a host of them. His probably his best was Sands of Iwo Jima, which was done a long time ago. Uh, you want to look at a couple of more recent ones, Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. A Bridge Too Far, which deals with Operation Market Garden, which was the British effort. It turned out to be a disaster. If you want the Korean War, Pork Chop Hill with Gregory Peck. And the bridges at Toko Ri with the late Bill Holden. And don't forget Spielberg's masterpiece, Private Ryan. Anyway, oh, and even more recently, uh, Hacksaw Ridge which dealt with the contribution of a conscientious objector who saved many, many lives during the Battle of Okinawa. As I said, I wasn't going to give a full-blown uh, review of all those. There are many, many more. One of the things, and I want to go back to Memphis Bell just if I might for a moment, the fun thing that I find, particularly when you go back and revisit movies, because Memphis Bell, even though it was timely, of course, for just like these others that may go back to the 40s, the 50s. When you watch a movie like Memphis Bell, which was made in 1991, you see actors, many of whom were literally unknown or just barely known in the industry. And I'm just going to toss out some because many of these have gone on to some pretty stellar uh, careers or at least been in a significant movie. For example, Matthew Modine. He was the pilot he was Dennis, the pilot, and more recently he was in the the Batman series of Nolan because he played the police chief. Uh, Billy Zane, he was in there, and of course he had a starring role as the uh, original fiancé of the Kate Winslet character in Titanic. Then there's Sean Astin, um, who gained fame obviously for Rudy, but more importantly, playing Sam in the trilogy, the J.R.R. Tolkien uh, Ring series. Uh, Harry Connick Jr., who showed some musical talent. They exposed a little bit of it there in the movie. And of course, he's gone on to both an acting and a very, very fine musical career. David Strathern, who you've seen in a host of roles. He's one of those guys that's in a lot of movies, plays a lot of serious roles, interesting roles, and a lot of people don't even remember his name. If anybody, one of the ones that I do remember off just off the top of my head is the uh, movie that dealt with Marshall. We Are Marshall. He played uh, 
President Dedman, who's the guy who was able to get the NCAA to grant uh, freshmen to play after the tragic uh, plane crash that wiped out the Marshall football team. John Lithgow, uh, he's been in a host of, of films and TV shows. Uh, he played the PR guy in uh, Memphis Bell. Eric Stoltz, he went on. He's played several different movies, one with Cher, and I don't even remember the title. Do you remember the title, the one where he played the disfigured kid? He also played in Rob Roy with Liam Neeson, so that's my that's my out remembrance. Reed Diamond went on to play on Homicide on TV. He was unknown. D.B. Sweeney was in the Gardens of Stone with Francis Ford Coppola back in the late 80s, and he played in this one. These guys, that's the fun part of seeing someone... Uh, who, hey, I know that guy, but you've seen him more recently and you don't really know what else he might have been in. So that's kind of the fun part of watching the old films. You had something I think you wanted to say, Eddie, on uh, relating to World War II, war movies, or some history stuff from that period. First movie, the Cher movie, the Cher movie, I should say, um, was Mask. Mask, yes, very and That's good. in 19, 1985, with, with two younger daughters, I didn't get to watch many uh, war movies, although they're they're over now, so I, I can start watching them. Uh, there is the one um, with with the with the guy that was in the he he ran track. Uh, I don't remember what the what the movie was. Remember the one with the guy who was um, he was went to the Olympics. Oh yeah, the. Um Oh, yes. One of my favorite films. And yes, folks, this is what happens. I said we might be depending on our memories and sometimes they they lapse on us here. We'll, we'll come yeah, back to that. It'll take me a little while. Now, Hexall Ridge is one I want to see, so I'm going to make sure. Yeah. But the closest thing I've come to war movies has been Darkest Hour, which was good. Love that movie. And Forrest Gump. Ah, Forrest Gump. There's yeah, that's... section of that is warm, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Um, other than that, it's Avengers, uh, Infinity War, Endgames. That doesn't necessarily count, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the world that I've been in. Um, but definitely, uh, i take that list and, and start watching some of those now that the girls are older and... I can watch that kind of stuff. Well, folks, understand, Eddie's my go-to guy here for the more recent realm of movies, and particularly when it comes to superheroes and certain other fantasy films, That's and anything Disney. Uh, he, His daughters have helped uh, educate him along the Disney line, I'm sure. But uh, I tend to go back a bit farther. Uh, the beauty of... Uh, of old movies and the D, you know, with the VHS and now we're into the DVDs, you can go back and revisit those times and thank goodness uh, because I have uh, many memories of sitting in a movie theater when I was a bit younger and the double features and it's kind of fun to go back and, and revisit those old, old films. Unbroken. Unbroken, yes, Unbroken, yes. And it's a great book. That's another thing. We're going to, as I said, we're going to be using, as we move forward and get past this introductory program, we'll be outlining and having a subject, probably at least a subject, a guideline. As we'll be doing topics like that, for example, book adaptations film, those that translated well, those that didn't do so well. And I'm a big fan of screenwriters, and I love original screenplays. So when you go back to a movie that, particularly those that were Oscar-worthy, somebody that generated something out of whole cloth uh, rather than just 
translating a book. Now, it's, a, it's dicey going from a book, you know, the people read the book and it doesn't translate so well, they're upset. When it works well, those of you who are movie fans know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we'll be doing things like that. We'll also be doing lists. I like lists. And then that's a good point of discussion. You know, our top 10 Westerns, our top 10 war movies, our top 10 political movies, our top 10 dramas, our top 10 fantasy films, our top 10 superheroes. There's Disney more movies. than enough. What's that? Disney movies. Disney movies. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> or Marvel versus DC and so on and so forth. I mean, there's all kinds of ways we work this. And for those of you who are listening... Uh, as I said, if you get an opportunity, we'll, we'll be arranging it so you maybe can send us your comments and your suggestions uh, for future programs. We also want to be topical and what's going on. There are a couple of movies that actually open today as we do this. We're doing this on the 31st of, of May, Memorial Day week. Uh, two films open today that I actually had a chance to see the reviews. Did you get a chance to see the reviews of Rocket Man or Godzilla today, Eddie? I did not. Well, I took a brief list, and so this is kind of off the top of my head a bit, but the reviews, I saw a couple reviews on Rocket Man, and they were outstanding. They gave him A's and said, the guy who starred in it, and this is a kid I forget because uh, I know what the films he's been in. He played Robin Hood. He was in Kingsman, and he's got an interesting name. It's like... Something Edgerton, I believe, or along that... Taron. T-A-R-O-N. Taron. Yeah, see, the Google machine. We've already gone to the Google Google machine. We cheated, but that's okay. Uh, we'll do that occasionally. Uh, we need Google to sponsor us. But one of the, the things they reviewed, it compared it to Bohemian Rhapsody, which, of course, as you well know, uh, got a lot of accolades and won an Oscar for the actor said it, that was a good film, but compared to Rocket Man, they thought Rocket Man went into the background and gave you a little more feel for what uh, Elton John was able to overcome and sustain his 50-year-plus career uh, and staying on top and st still being relevant and still being highly entertaining. And they say that, what's his name, Tabor? Taron, Taron, I'll get it. Taron uh, was outstanding, so that looks good for him. Godzilla, which has every basically most of the monsters at Toho. Yes, Toho, that's the people that originally created him. And I hate to date myself, but I saw the original Godzilla in the theater with Raymond Burr, who, of course, if those of you who remember uh, the old uh, Perry Mason reruns, or you... Uh, he was in that, but they brought back Godzilla versus Mothra, Gehedron, I may be butchering that, folks, uh, and Rodan, and I remember that one, too. But anyway, they said this is fairly in a fairly intelligent uh, rendering and uh, gave really great kudos to the sound department for creating the noises of the creatures, particularly Godzilla. That got a, a pretty decent rating. And since uh, Eddie and I have kind of a soft spot for uh, monster movies, uh, what was the last one we saw? Was that Skull Island? Was it? Was that King Kong, King Skull, Kong Island? Skull Island, I believe? Or well, we also Rampage. And we saw the Jurassic World, the last Jurassic uh, World Park, whatever, 
the one where they run rampant through Marin County. Um, so <laughs> they're still out there, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the cast of Godzilla. Yeah. Um, a lot of people out there know who Millie Brown, Millie Bobby Brown is. I don't know if you know that. Um, I know you have a Netflix thing, but Stranger Things. She's uh, the uh, one of the main stars of that. Well, I know Sally, what's her name, who was in the... Uh, Sally Hawkins. She was in the... I didn't watch it, but the one where she fell in love with the guy, the water creature. Yeah, which like I that. kind of talked about. He looks a little bit like the creature from the Black Lagoon. But anyway... Kyle Chandler, <clears throat> I read something, I think it was even this morning, that he, when he... Um, was offered the the role that he's in for Godzilla here. He actually sat and watched every single Godzilla movie, all the old. Good for him. All black and whites. Yeah, the, that's it. The old black. You can still and white. see the strings as yeah. the monsters were flying by. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a whole thing on uh, old monster movies when we talk about the special effects. someday we'll get get around to those, particularly from the Universal. Uh, because uh, Universal International did a lot of those. And yeah, the special effects were... Uh, CG is pretty cool. And Kyle, what's his last name again? Kyle Chandler. Chandler. My wife is a big fan of his. Because she used to watch Friday Night Lights on TV, yep. where he was the coach. Now, he has been in several films. and the One of the ones that I recall most recently uh, that he was in... Uh, and that's not the most recent one. The one I happen to remember, because I rewatched it, was uh, Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, because John Hamm is also in that film. Along Keanu Reeves, we can have a whole episode. Just yeah, we're going to do, we, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we talk about Keanu, and our big hope is to have maybe Keanu Reeves give us a call someday, or have yes. a chance to do a little interview. He's, we're kind of... Uh, if you know Keanu, have him come to our website and uh, <laughs> leave a comment or send us a message. Um, yeah. And that goes for Pacino and De Niro, too. So if you <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, anyway. another uh, star that's in Godzilla is Bradley Whitford. Oh, yeah. He, of course, was in... What was it called? It was on NBC. West Wing. Yeah, that's it. He was in West Wing with President Bartlett. Yes, with uh, Martin Sheen. And, and lastly, I don't know if there's anybody out there that's seen, that watches, I don't know what channel it's on. All I know it's on Hulu. But um, it's called 911. Yeah, I know this. Yep. Yeah, I'm I, I, I probably messing up her name, but uh, Shia Hines, she plays the one of the... Fire, um, well, I guess firewoman. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's really good, and she's in this movie too. So there's a lot of people in the movie, and the last one was awesome. The last one he yep. had um, from from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yep. What was his name? Cranston. Uh, yeah, Cranston. That was pretty good. Mm. I like that one. Yep. So. Brian Cranston. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Everybody, Breaking Bad. We're 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 going into TV, and what it's kind of hard these days because when you talk now, not like the old days, where the movie stars were movie stars. Now you've got actors crossing over, getting their start and getting their movie opportunity from the TV, and some going back to TV. And I guess we got to think in terms like the British. There are no small parts. 
only small actors. So that's why you will see a big movie star in what we would consider a big movie star in England showing up for one or two lines in a movie. And you say, why is he doing that? And one of the guys that I've got to think about, although he's had bigger roles, but he keeps rolling on and he's been acting for almost 60 years now, if not more. We are talking, of course, about Michael Caine can't get around we keep going back to the dark knight series man yeah. the batman there he is another uh, uh, i will say on the tv thing there's a weird phenomenon that's happening there's this streaming war that is on the horizon with apple and disney I mean, disney is having all of their avenger stars who are right now in the movies and making you know billion dollars in a three-day weekend and all that jazz, they're going to be in little mini-series TV shows on their streaming. Ooh. And then Apple is, with Oprah and all that stuff, they're going to have shows with uh, Jennifer Aniston and um, Witherspoon, or what's her name? <laughs> um, but anyways, so it's, it's, a, it's an odd thing. Well, we're talking entertainment. We've talking, we're, we're talking movies, but there will be some cross purposes here and some crossover, obviously, because we are when we start talking about actors. And again, we'll be talking about directors and composers. I'm big on movie com composition. Personally, it's my opinion, and I'll just state it right now because we will be revisiting this. The music composing is an underappreciated art. Although several orchestras around the country, and particularly the Cleveland Orchestra, has taken to performing along with the movie using the score, oftentimes directed by the composer, if he is, of course, still living and capable. But uh, we'll be talking, I guarantee you, we'll be talking about... Uh, personal favorite composers and the impact they have on a movie. The thing is, you don't realize how powerful it is until you try to see a movie without the background music. <laughs> so yeah. you don't really notice it's there. It's, it's no. there through the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But a lot of it stands alone. It stands alone. You can listen to it. I've, I've got tons of CDs on, uh, on it. So uh, with, with June, one of the segments we want to have um, as we do these shows is um, have a small part where we just look ahead at what movies are coming up. Um, not necessarily talk about them, but just ones that tickle our fancy, I guess you could say. So I have a list here that for the rest of the summer, at least, um, starting with June. So I don't know, you're not, I don't know if you're into X-Men, but Dark Phoenix Yes, I'm kind of interested in that one. I've watched some of them. Again, you're my superhero guy, but uh, I do pick and choose those. And sometimes, sometimes Eddie is the one that gets me to say, "You got to go see this one." And we do the dynamic duo movie trip and uh, take it in. This one's a weird. It's, it's weird how the first couple trailers it didn't really interest interest me. And then the, the most recent trailer, I'm all of a sudden like, wow, this is a movie I want to watch. And I figured out what it was. The first two trailers is while Fox was still Fox. When Disney took over, they must have revamped the trailer because the trailer looks totally different. It, it looks like a superhero movie, I mean, that you want to go see. It, weird. Anyways. Uh, second week of June is Men in Black International. That'll be, uh, that should be really good. 
It's a good premise. Um, Just a sideline to this, there was an interview with Emma Thompson. You know, Emma Thompson started showing up in here, uh, and she's definitely in, in this one as well. I did not know, and I'm a big fan of hers. I saw her, she was originally, of course, as all of you know, married to Kenneth Branagh. And when he did Henry V, she played the queen or the princess, French prince, princess that he marries. And that's when I first saw her. Up until the age of 27, she did stand-up comedy. Wow. Which shows you, and if you watch her films, particularly some of them, the reason I'm saying this, she's in a new movie that's coming called Late Night. I saw that. I saw the preview. And she was doing the, I saw the interview because she's pumping it right now. But that's why if you watch her in some of these movies, she has great timing, even in a dramatic, but there, she has an, a comic essence, if I guess is the, the only way to say it, a comedic essence comes through in some of the roles that she's been in. So this is why, uh, and she's usually a delightful person, even if she's playing not so nice person, but there's a... Well, element to her. Manny McPhee. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Two movies. Yeah. Th those were great movies. Well, when you talk about Disney, I mean, see, we, this is what's going to happen here, folks. This is what's going to happen. Saving it. Mr. Banks, yes. because she played the woman who had written uh, Mary Poppins, and she comes around in the end. But if you haven't seen that film, it's very good. And I, I thought it was a Tom Hanks film that was kind of underappreciated. And we can go a whole long time on Tom Hanks, so we'll yeah. get back to that. We'll do one. Um, go ahead. Where else are so we? So going into July, we have Spider-Man, Far From Home. How many Spider-Mans have we got to have? Well, the, well <laughs> the, the most recent Spider-Man, I think, is the best. Because it's mixed in with the whole Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. um, and the trailer that came out after this last Avengers movie... Um, shows he's dealing with uh, the pain of losing, um, you know, his mentor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. July, July 19th is not a movie that we normally would talk about, but my family will most likely go see Disney's The Lion King. So just throw that out there. <laughs> um, August, we have a couple good ones. Uh, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. That, that's a... It's been on our, our list for a while here. We will definitely have a couple shows on that. Um, let's see. I know that there was a... Oh, Angel Has Fallen. We are big fans of the Olympus and London have fallen. This one's Angel Has Fallen. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. That's, yeah. that's definitely big. Yeah. Nothing, nothing speaks like Gerard Butler, an Irishman playing an American Secret Service or, yeah, Secret Service agent. But anyway, yeah, those movies are great. We've seen the trailer already. Maybe you have two in the theaters. We just saw it, what, last week? Yep. And it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Well, I think, uh, what's the clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Yeah, I think we're done for this episode. Yep. Couple of things we 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 probably want to have at this time. We're going to try to come up with some trivia, maybe to leave you hanging on to entice you to maybe come back to the next episode and seeing if you got it right or sending us a comment. As I say, there's a few few things we'll be working on between now and the next time to make sure that uh, you'll have an opportunity to to get in touch with us if you'd like. And we want to uh, thank you for finding us somewhere along the internet uh, channel and uh, 
Shall we say, so, you want to say anything in closing, Eddie? Well, it'd be greatly appreciated if you could give a positive review on the podcast. Um, if you're on Apple's uh, podcast or any of the other ones, reviews would be very, very helpful and thankful. If you have any comments, you can always go to our website, We're Talking Movies, W-E-R-E-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-M-O-V-I-E-S.com. Um, we'll start to have show notes and um, different behind-the-scenes stuff we'll try to start doing um, sooner or later. Uh, just bear with us technology-wise and everything. We're trying to uh, see our way through this, but uh, we're glad that you're listening, even if it is just our wives. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we, we greatly appreciate it. All right. So, so long from We're Talking Movies, and we'll see you next time.